So today is the 24th of February. Um, I don't think we're actually vlogging at the moment. Well, I'm vlogging, but this will probably not see the light of day because Duffman and Aiden are, we need to come up with a nickname for Aiden. Um, it's Australian. Everyone has to have a nickname. Uh, we, they, they, those two have kind of got um, more work to catch up on than, than they can catch up on in the time that they have available to catch up on it. That sounds really bad. If we film this week, they're not going to be able to edit stuff from last week. So the idea was, I'm going to let, leave them alone this week, not edit. And it might be a case that it's just this, and we just stitch a bit of this together. Uh, I had a call from a friend of mine who's, um, we've been kind of talking social media and business for, I don't know, probably four years, time flies. And he rang about the vlog and said, look, I think you could probably change it up a little bit, make it more um, dynamic and and what would you call it, like like a show, more of a story, so um, as I've said in the vlogs before, I'm very open to feedback uh, about what we're doing and constructive criticism, so there's a possibility that this, we might change the format up a bit, uh, the idea behind the vlog is that I share the day-to-day -day, um, of what I'm up to with the intent that it either, there's a few reasons, one, I've got young children, and um, when they're older, I think it's great that there's going to be this video log or video diary of what what I'm doing and what I'm thinking and why. Um, and then, obviously, if there's people out there that are going through the same challenges, I don't have this fear of um, losing what I've got because I'm sharing how I got it. And I think that too many business owners or even like management um, people are worried that if they share their secret source that someone will take it all away from them and that there's this you know finite amount of success which there's not um, everyone can put their mind to something and be successful um, in whatever they choose to so uh, I'll just continue recording and producing it and I hope that um, we can find our happy place from a production standpoint that, that it's engaging. Obviously, with the amount of people that, are, that, that exist in the world, they're gonna, there's going to be a percentage that watch this content. Obviously, the more that can see it, the better. Um, it helps us grow the brand. And, and look, it, it has a, a flow-on effect that if I talk about a new product or if I talk about a new business that we're going to open and we've got a bigger audience, that business is more successful. Um, it's pretty simple. You know, the more attention we've got, the more people we can communicate with faster. So, yeah, as I said before, it's Wednesday. I'm driving to work at the moment. Uh, today's a bit of an odd day. I've only got a couple of hours in the morning in which to get kind of all my business stuff out of the way for my business, businesses. And then I've got a master landscaping uh, board meeting, which is quite a long one. It's, it's actually scheduled to go from one till seven today. So a six hour meeting a lot of it's around marketing strategy for the association uh, the association's recently had a lot of changes new CEO when I say recently in the last 12 months um, I think for boards and associations 12 months is quite recent because the the wheels of progress move quite slowly because a lot of the the, the involvement is volunteer and the budget to, to make changes is 
is not as high as a private company potentially and also you need a um, the majority of a board to vote on a decision so a lot of time can be wasted talking shit this is not that kind of board it's quite progressive um, from what I've seen I've, I haven't been on I haven't been on this one and one other but a lot of it felt like yeah one other it felt like you can't everyone's having a meeting for the sake of having a meeting and talking about the same shit and not getting it done so um, a good example that's a good example of why I'm not a big fan of partnerships um, and potentially even board structure around companies I think that um, companies that are operated by a director that can make their own decisions whether or not they're right or wrong they move faster and you know I, I use the example I had a business partner a while back um, probably six or seven years ago now and as a partnership the business wasn't going to go any further but as a sole director I've grown it and I don't have any doubt that he would have grown it as well just differently because you're not tied up talking about shit all the time you're just out doing it so going to that um, I can't stay at that board meeting all night I've, um, the company that's doing our building the app that I'm getting developed uh, have invited me to a private event where they've got a guest speaker coming I think they've got two guest speakers actually I haven't really looked at the detail of it but the the short phone conversation that I had with the owner um, was enough for me to say yeah that's something I want to be at there's a guy coming to talk about intangible assets in business which is something that I'm interested in Obviously, a lot of what we do as companies with Waterproof Railways and Lawn Hub is intangible. Um, it's not something that shows up on your balance sheet and it's not something that a bank can value. Um, I, that's as much as I know. So um, I'm keen to go have a listen. That's five till seven. And obviously, I'm going to be in a room with, you know, maybe 20 or 30 people that uh, are developing apps now. I think there's going to be two kinds of people that are developing apps. There's going to be people that develop apps because they've got this idea that they're going to make the next Uber of lemons and that's they're going to invest a lot of money in something that may not take off and then there's obviously going to be guys, people in that room like me that have kind of got real world application apps that we're building for companies that actually exist at the moment and we've got, a, I guess, a, a client base in which to roll that out too. So anyway, it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Uh, as we, as you know, if you've been watching the vlog, um, if you haven't, please subscribe. If you have, thanks for sticking around. We've got, what, three or four more days left to, till we get the keys for Dry Creek, which is our new location. Um, Dry Creek is a thousand square meter warehouse with a three and a half thousand square, square meter uh, hard bitumen area out the back of the warehouse. We're moving all of our admin, IT, marketing, management, and me all the way down to there and we're trying to then release our other building and get rid of that so um, that was a decision we had to make because we'd outgrown Kent Town and we'd kind of outgrown Kent Town for a while so um, this is this is the next step for us opening a third location uh, I've been having a bit of trouble getting the bank guarantee secure like secured and done so when you rent a building in Adelaide, and I'm sure it's the same in other parts of Australia and the world, uh, obviously the, the owner of a commercial property wants uh, some kind of security against you either not paying your rent or doing damage to the building or leaving the building or whatever you might um, see as high risks for these people. Um, 
Now, that's generally three months rent. So for the, the case that I'm moving into, that's $27,400 in bank guarantee. Uh, the bank wanted me to put money in a um, term deposit as security against the bank guarantee, which I thought was stupid because then I might as well just give them cash. They've managed to find a way around that. I've, I've got a broker that I have doing all my banking for me um, and he has worked their way around that. Uh, so two things there. If you don't have a broker doing your commercial banking and you're in business, I suggest you find one. If you take no for an answer, which way was this going? Yeah, don't take no for an answer. And don't accept the first answer. This whole week has been, or the last fortnight, or the last month, probably since COVID started, so the last year almost, has everything's up for negotiation um, because of the uncertainty and people's willingness to flex their their margin and their pricing. So um, we're buying new shelves, new computers, new counters, um, cardboard boxes, and everything. I've, I've been talking to this cardboard box guy for like three years, maybe four years, and every time we get it priced, I'm like, can you do it cheaper? Can you do it cheaper? Can you do it cheaper? I acknowledge that people also need to make money. It's their choice whether or not they go any cheaper. Um, in most cases, I think I probably save 10 or 15% and we're not screwing them down by half. So um, that's, I guess, some loose ends there. The bank guarantee has been approved. The problem then lies in having the bank guarantee drawn up because banks are so busy because of all the government funding that's in the country at the moment for the housing boom to try and stimulate growth in Australia, the banks can't keep up and they're taking longer to get things signed off. So unless I've got that bank guarantee Friday and take that to the um, real estate agent, I ain't getting the keys and we're not moving in Monday. So hopefully the bank can get that done. <clears throat> Obviously, um, I've talked about, you know, you catch more flies with honey than vinegar. Um, and us sending uh, gifts to suppliers to try and get things pushed over the line. Banks are not one of those people. So the only way that we're really gonna push this through is by being polite, being persistent, and then obviously using the relationships that we've got in and outside of the bank to leverage that. So that's what I've done. I've been ringing and asking and asking and asking, and then I've got Tim, who's our broker, doing the same. And hopefully, uh, We'll have a bank guarantee drawn up by Friday and then we can move into the new location at Dry Creek, which is just the beginning. Um, that then needs to be set up. You know, it's probably, we're looking at pallet racking and shelving costs around 20 or $30,000 plus cardboard boxes will be another five grand just to hold stock. And then computers. So I don't know, I'll see if I can spit out what it costs to set up a new location. It's interesting, if you look at a new location from one of our competitors, um, the whole model's completely different. They'll buy the land, they, they own the building, they build the same um, style of building, they're all concrete tilt up, they look new, some of them are sheds. Um, <clears throat> but then everything's brand new, like you're getting the, they probably own the company they buy the shelves from, to be honest, they're that big. So uh, we got quotes for the, uh, to get two new counters done by a carpenter and it came out at $7,000, which is absolutely ridiculous. The I've decided I'm just going to make the counters out of shelves from a hardware shop, which is going to cost us about $400 because that, that location, albeit WaterPro as a company is successful, that location is brand new and has no former trading history and 
who knows how successful it's going to be. So in line with one of our immutable laws, which is treat money like blood, we are trying to reduce the amount of blood that's leaving the body so that there's enough blood to pump around to keep the body alive, which is the blood is money and the body is the business. Um, I'm not sure what the heart is. Maybe that's digital financial movement. <laughs> so that's that. Um, <coughs> I've got to talk to Max about some Lawn Hub stuff. So we, as I've probably said, I'm not sure if I've said it in the vlog, I've just engaged a social media marketing agency to start doing our Facebook ads and our Google ads and our email marketing and our website uh, editing, I guess, um, and optimization, making sure the website is as smooth as it can be and as customer friendly as it should be so that it's an easier journey for people to buy Lawn Hub gear. The I've always been very cynical about professional services um, because there are so many shonky dudes and dudettes out there doing Facebook after a five-day Facebook course. They're all of a sudden Facebook ad specialists and it, it concerns me. Um, so what I've done, and this is good for you guys out there if you're looking to engage someone, if you're at the point where you can hire someone, um, <coughs> with Facebook ads and Google ads, because the, the, the process is so easy to start and stop from a time standpoint and the results are measurable, like genuinely measurable as compared to say television or radio. Um, and I don't, I get that you can probably do a TV ad with a call to action and see how successful it is. I'm talking like post an ad on Facebook for a new product on your website. Facebook tells you how many people have looked at it. Facebook tells you how much you've sold. Um, I guess term in which to prove his his worth. Uh, we've talked openly about the gross profit of the of the product. Lawn Hub's a very low margin product from a direct to consumer standpoint. A lot of those kind of products have really high margin. So if you look at the companies that are selling watches, um, cosmetics, clothing, a lot of the times they can have you know <coughs> uh, cost times four cost times five, <coughs> excuse me, it gives them enough margin to spend a decent chunk of their, their turnover on uh, the customer acquisition and, and marketing. So for us, Railways doesn't, that's for Railways, Lawn Hub doesn't make the gross profit that um, can justify spending 15 or $25 on a single customer acquisition, which is what it can cost. Like... Um, you can spend. At, at, I mean, I've, I've, this is the reason why I've engaged this guy is because I got to the point where I was getting thirty-five and fifty-dollar um, cost of customer acquisition against a hundred and twenty-dollar sale, and it's just stupid. There's not enough margin on it. So, Lawn Hub was started as a brand to try and bring professional quality fertilizers to the the homeowner, but without the stupid price tag that's attached to one of the other brands there's a guy just deciding to join our lane without using his indicator the little orange light that's in your tail lights is an indicator um, most of the cars I think all of the cars that are in front of me have them um, and it's the idea is you just use that to let people know that you you intend to join their lane this guy obviously uh, doesn't have any indicator fuses maybe who knows but that's okay so, um,
Um, sorry, just reading a text message. So, the idea is that I'll give this Lawn Hub um, marketing over to this guy. I've got Max running that business, as, as weird as that sounds, I've got one guy running the business underneath my direction. Um, we'll, you'll see more in the vlog about us setting up that location. I've got a fertilizer hopper. Um, we'll start buying fertilizer in, in very large quantities and, and tubbing it up ourselves. Um, and then hopefully the guy that's doing our Facebook and Google ads will drive traffic to the website. The website will convert the sales. Max will manufacture and ship the orders. And then Lawn Hub will just have this beautiful little um, direct-to-consumer business model, which is um, good for me. It protects us in the long term because of the fact that we own that brand, which we don't quite own the logo yet, and that's a, a vlog for another day. Um, and then the last business on my mind then, which should be the first business on my mind at the moment, is Railways. Uh, railways, I just need to make sure that I have a chat with Luke and see what's going on down there. I'm trying to get more regular meeting rhythms with each of the people that are at the, the helm of each of the businesses. Um, it's very easy at the moment geographically for me to talk to the guys at WaterPro because my office is behind WaterPro. Once I move to Dry Creek, uh, it's going to be really important that I have a regular phone call with each of the leaders in the morning. So I think that's how my day will be structured is that I'll uh, be waking up doing, um, I guess, getting ready at home, spending some time with the kids and my wife, having some breakfast. Not that it's, it's a pretty chaotic period. It is a chaotic period. It's not a calm period. So it, the time's not um, as... I think there was a lady, a lady just... You might, I don't know if the camera picked that up, but that was a lady who looked like she was running in brown leather collots or something like that. They looked very uncomfortable running, but... No excuses, gotta get it done. So maybe that's the only pants you had that you could wear in the run, for the run. So Railways uh, is probably having one of its worst months it's ever had since I've owned it. Um, there's obviously a lot of influencing factors around that. I haven't spent a lot of time there. Um, I think I have a natural uplift for any of the businesses that I'm spending time on because I'm identifying things that we can do and, um, and doing them. Uh, we're using this time to kind of repair the ship for war again. Uh, water Pro is not so bad, it's, it's a bit under the line, but it, it always seems to be until the last couple of days of the month and then we catch up. So, um, it's not dire. I've said this to the guys and I say, I'll, I'll say it to, to you guys that are watching. If you're in a, a sales environment, um, don't measure your month on one day and don't measure your year on one month. Uh, I think it, you can kind of get caught up inside your head worrying that a bad month means that your whole world's melting. Sometimes it happens. You know, last year we had three months, the last three months of last calendar year, so October, November, December of 2020, we absolutely punched the shit out of our turnover and both businesses were quite successful um, and everyone was getting it done. And, you know, this year just hasn't kind of blown up like I thought it would. Uh, obviously the bigger the beast, the more fuel it needs and, you know, the bigger the budgets are and I'm get, I'm pushing more and more and more to a point where maybe uh, we've reached the limit of what the market can sustain from a, from an irrigation sales standpoint for customers that fit inside our perfect avatar because we don't just take anything. Um, I know that's not the case and we've got some other stuff that we need to do and Railways definitely has a lot of growth potential. Um, so it's just a case of... of hand-to-hand -hand combat which is what I do really well 
um, and what I'm trying to train the guys to do. And we've got everything in place. Most of the people we're talking to haven't moved their business elsewhere. Um, they just aren't buying from railways right now for their specific jobs. And so we will, um, I guess, like I said, repair the ship, get ready for battle. We're using it as an opportunity to do training for the staff, um, <coughs> clean service trucks, get things um, out of the way that have kind of been hanging as loose ends. We've got a display that we need to build down there. So yesterday, one of the guys painted the fence, uh, which was the first stage. And I think it, it'll almost be this kind of like tipping point that, okay, the fence is painted now. What do we do next? What do we do next? What do we, what do, we do next? So um, yeah, that's railways is potentially something that we might, I might engage in this <coughs> uh, social media company to do some Facebook and Google ads for railways. Um, it's an interesting market because Railways is a a company that supply material to the building industry, but everything we sell is available to be purchased from anywhere else. And so, you like with WaterPro, you have to have a point of difference. You have to be um, better or more appealing to deal with than than your competitor. Now, our closest competitor at, of Railways, there business strategy is just to sell shit as cheap as you can and that's how you do it now you only have to look at the name of the business to understand their strategy I can't do that because we have to have enough money to offer all of the extra uh, things that we do for our clients now um, I don't know the intimate workings of their the internals of their business but um, and I don't really care either. I, but I know what my business needs to be able to have, um, you know, staff that are paid uh, legally, staff that are driving trucks that are new and safe, staff that are, um, well, businesses that have uh, customer events and training, businesses that have, um, you know, things like the coffee. and That, that, that has to come from somewhere. Um, so... We are very competitive in the market, and in most cases, um, don't have a problem um, in, in taking the business um, from the competitors down there. Um, it's just there's this I don't know how to explain it really. There's this perception that um, that they're cheaper. It's it kind of like there's a hardware store in Australia called Bunnings um, that we you could almost say compete with WaterPro from an irrigation standpoint. And there, they talk about the lowest prices being just the beginning, but for most products, they're not cheaper. So if you put any like a, a total irrigation job against Bunnings, not only do we offer a better level of service and help the client and greet them when they walk in the door and you know have fully trained staff that are specific to irrigation, in most cases we're cheaper, um, unless it's like, a one-off tap timer or a one-off garden hose uh, which is only cheap for whatever period of time that they want to keep it cheap so um, the yeah down there my strategy can't be around um, being the like the lowest budget because this, the amount of stuff that we do that's extra it, ha it has to be covered uh, we're about to build a new paving display which is probably going to cost me fifty or a hundred thousand um, dollars which I didn't have to do that. We could have just left the shitty display that was there and, you know, keep doing what we were doing. But um, I want there to be an environment that people feel that they can come in with their family and um, 
like experience the area that, that they're looking to build or something similar to what they're looking to build when they do, finish their backyard. And so, you know, that's, that happens, something, something there's, there's no way that that can happen without the fuel, which is money. So we have to make enough money to do that. Oh, good. There's a truck blocking the access to my road. So anyway, you get the gist of it. Um, I'm not sure how much more I need to go on about that. I am just getting into Kent Town now, so um, hopefully if you've stuck with the video this long, that's been of some benefit to you. Um, you don't have to watch these, so <laughs> I'll keep chucking them up. Hopefully um, you get some benefit from it and um, let me know what you think in the comments below if there's something you want to know more about obviously I, I touch on so much when I'm when I'm driving and I've got a very scattered brain and that's normal um, there might be some loose ends that I haven't covered you know about where we're moving or what we're doing or how much things cost if you've got any questions I'm, I'm a pretty pretty open book about things um, I generally will talk about anything except you know family and individual staff's private business um, but if there's stuff you're keen to know about comment in the comments below um, and if you are enjoying the content please subscribe to the channel um, in the at this like right now if you're watching this almost immediately after I've made it I don't even have 100 subscribers so I need a hundred so I can change some stuff on the channel and like I can get more functionality out of it the next goal will be a thousand for the same kind of reasons um, we just get more functionality out of the channel it's YouTube's way of determining if the channel is even worth having a spot on their platform so um, yeah if you could that would be good as always um, I appreciate your attention I don't take it for granted I know that you've got important things to do but hopefully it was worth watching and or listening and um, yeah so it's time for me to get into my day and um, till next time I'll see you soon